Hello. Welcome to Edgemon, Edgemon, Edgemon Multiplicity, a podcast where three Michael Keaton aficionados go through, like with a fine-tooth comb, his masterpiece film, Multiplicity. Uh, today, we watched minutes 60 to 70, and uh, this was a good chunk. This, is, this was another good this chunk. was the best so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we start off with Double D just oh, being as greasy and oily. Oh, we do, don't we? I guess I am Sam. I'm Adam. And I believe I'm Drew. Yeah. Was a stickler for the rules. They don't know who we are. They don't know follow us on the Twitter. We don't have Twitter. Yeah. But now they know that. (laughs) Now they know that Double D is the greasiest, sweatiest man who has ever lived. Yes, every time the light reflects off his skin, it's just like he he has... just the thickest layer of... It's like he has a mucus coating. Yes, like a Like, like a salamander. Yeah, he, he looks like he smells like gasoline. <laughs> he just looks like someone who works outside all day. And it's like you can smell him just from looking at him. Uh, so we open this 10-minute uh, this segment with the fabulous line, I need someone to nuke my corn dog" in reference to... Uh, How did they miss that? I don't know, because that gave me a good smile when I heard that. <laughs> yeah, they they tried to hide the fact that they got escort girls by saying they worked at the 7-Eleven and were, quote-unquote, the microwave girls. <laughs> yes, the microwave girl. That line is so such a nothing... It's so, the, microwave, my, the microwave girls at the 7-Eleven is such a nothing line that it took me like till my third watch of the movie to realize that was a joke. <laughs> you thought they were actually the microwave girls? De- no, dead serious. Like I was just trying to figure out what the hell that even meant. I was like, <laughs> I was like, is that some sort of like weird slang that they've come that like I don't know about? <laughs> and the idea that you need two of whatever the microwave girl is. Well, you got two microwaves, Drew. It's a big Seven Eleven. It's a big microwave. They got they got to nuke a lot of corn dogs. Okay, but. <laughs> While you're nuking one corn dog, just walk over to the other microwave and put in a second corn dog. Have you ever played Dino Dash, Drew? Like it's hard to keep up with real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you only handle one corn dog at a time in Dino Dash. Sure, yeah, sure. But- you think it's just one corn dog here, one corn dog there. Then you got the pizza over there, and you got to finish the tick to that table. Yeah, you got to make sure fries. you get the dishes too. Yeah, yeah. so much. It's it's there's so many Mike, there's so many Michael Keatons walking in. Each one wants you know a corn dog or a pizza. That's or just a, the third level. The, 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 Pizza. If if we use uh, uh, Michael Keaton's likeness in a uh, in a, fl- a Diner Dash parody Flash game where you've got to make pizzas and corn dogs for the dugs, would that be uh, copyright infringing, or can we just go ahead and do that? That's copyright infringing. I think it depends. If it depends on if he's directly referenced, I think would be the gray area. If you call it like Michael T- Michael Keaton's Diner Dash or whatever. Well, We'll call it Keiko Meetings. <laughs> <laughs> that would be okay if it's in the realm of parody. That would be all right. Meet and greet. There's another really good line in this scene too. I want I want to highlight, which is when uh, the Double D has taken up smoking, which apparently Doug has spent a lot of money taking courses to try to quit. A thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Who spends a thousand fucking dollars trying to quit smoking? Yeah, just stop. Save money just on medical stop. bills. You have cancer? Just stop having cancer. Just don't be sick. Don't. The American healthcare system. <laughs> But, uh, so so Doug is, is quite incensed that uh, Double D has, has started smoking again. So Double D blows some smoke in his face, which which causes Doug to say, I'll hit you so hard, I'll kill him, pointing to <laughs> the third clone. I, I didn't think that was pretty good. That was, yeah, that was that's, good. that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's, that's our 5% for this. Yes, this whole scene, I feel like 90% well, no, we got every a good time. We have a good physical reaction after that. 
We do. Okay. Doug walking into the kitchen, immediately uh, walking out of frame, out of sight, slams a bunch of shit in the kitchen, turns around, sees what might be an extra Doug. He he walks past another another Doug with uh, his shirt like half tucked in and unbuttoned. Looks like it's had an entire meatball sub spill down the front of it. Panting, breathing he, through his mouth. And he's just sort of standing there. This is when we're introduced to... Counting. Clone number three. Four. They just refer... The, the, the fourth Doug, and they mm-hmm. just... This one... He already has a name. They just all call him four already. Should we just call him four? I'd like, I'd like to call four, him four. Four is fine. <laughs> okay. Because uh, four is the best character. Four is unfortunate... <laughs> Because I cannot watch a second of him without, like, gritting my teeth and saying, Michael Keaton, you can't do that, man. You see, 4 is a clone of Double D. Yes. And, and when you clone a clone, uh, it, this they, they work by Xerox logic. So right. By Xerox logic. And right. When you copy oh a copy, it becomes less it. sharp. I'm, I, I said Xerox logics the first time. The second time I tried to correct myself, I said Xerox logics. That's all right. We got what you meant. <laughs> yeah. But they cloned themselves because it's a clone of... Because 4 is a clone of a clone. As Doug Wood says, what the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> they, they call him special. And yeah. that he is. He is a special kind he of guy. He is a special boy, and I love him. This did not age well. <laughs> Holy shit. They are making fun of this this character for being retarded so much. It's it's okay to say in that context, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut it out just to be safe. <laughs> he'd, he'd, yeah. I'll censor it. How about that? Because we. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I love. Okay, this is one of the best like scenes in the movie. I'd say this is like forty percent funny. <laughs> uh, one oh my, shit! We broke it. <laughs> we broke it. Double digits. <laughs> we did it, Harold Bravis. And I think a lot of that <laughs> is from this one line. Where uh, Doug Four shows that he has a wallet, <laughs> because of course uh, Doctor Science says that he'll uh, duplicate uh, their documents so that each clone is, you know, like a, a citizen and has documentation. Yeah. So Doug Four says, "I got a wallet," and then uh, Doug One responds with, "He's got a wallet." <laughs> the delivery of, uh, from both Michael Keaton's there is just phenomenal. <laughs> I got a wallet. Oh, uh, that's not where the wallet shenanigans ends. But for now, <laughs> there's this, this is this part of the movie has some of the best deliveries of lines of the entire film. Like like every other line in this part, the scene has such a weird delivery. As, as like uh, they're they're talking about like he's special, but but we love him. We love it. Oh, I'm glad you love it. Cause I hate it. Cause I hate it. Cause I hate it. And all the while, four is jumping on he's the bed, rolling on he's, the bed like a baby. He's oh. flipping back and forth, like like he's flipping himself back and forth on the bed, like a Mexican jumping bean. If it that just, helps you picture it. It just keeps cutting back to him just doing weird stuff throughout the conversation. And apparently, um, four has a four has a fascination with pizza. Oh yes, as as everyone does. Yeah, we all like pizza. We all like those greasy circles. Uh, the best line in the entire film. Maybe the best... No, not even maybe. The best scene in the entire film. May, okay, I gotta ask you guys, before I even tell them about what this scene is. Yes. Would you say that this scene makes it worth watching the entire movie? No. I, I would say maybe. I, okay. I would say take it or leave it. Just just from this one scene. Adam hasn't seen the rest of the movie. As, as they... <laughs> as, uh, as Doug is leaving the garage, we'll have to go back because I've got a couple more lines, but I can touch on it. As Doug is leaving the garage, walks past 
four sitting at the table with, with a, a slice of pizza flat on his palm, cheese side up, and he's just licking the cheese, like 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 putting the slice in front of his tongue and then just pulling the whole slice of pizza over across his tongue. Yep. He looks over Doug and says, I like pizza. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> he uh, then puts the slice of pizza into his wallet for later. Yes. Puts the pizza in his wallet, folds the wallet up with the pizza inside, sticks it in his pocket, which cements him as the best character in the film. The I most endearing. Yes. The most sympathetic. The most compelling character in Multiplicity. He, what's his motivation? Pizza. Pizza. He, he likes, likes pizza. It. He likes pizza. You can see he's already got like the meatball sub, like pizza, like all over the front of his shirt. Yeah, I, I gotta say, this is a white button up, and it's covered in marinara sauce. It's just like it looks like they took Michael Keaton and they threw him into like a, <laughs> they threw him off a cliff wearing this shirt. And it's like, Go. They throw him into an Italian woman's kitchen. <laughs> Uh, I, I also really enjoy as uh, Michael Keaton is, or uh, Doug is, Doug one is introducing the new rule. Rule number two. Rule number one, of course, just so we're all still clear on it. Don't bang his wife. Don't no one, his no wife. one sleeps with Laura except for him. Rule number two, no more Dougs. I, that <laughs> is a good it's, rule. It's a good rule. It seems like man. it was a bit, a bit late on that one. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy uh, <laughs> uh, Doug Trio in the background after, after he says no more Dougs, saying... This this is plenty, I think. This, this is plenty. this four, is this is, is a great amount. Four he says that I quote. Perfect. This is plenty, I think. Thank <laughs> oh, you so man. cheerfully. But but a major question comes: Why is four on this earth? Why did the clones make a clone of themselves, guys? To help with housework? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. And, and because they got a great deal on it. <laughs> yeah, they got they got a fantastic. Deal. So it was a clone of a clone. Never tried that before. They got a hell of a deal. Really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Double D makes sure to specifically point out that it was re- that he was real cheap. Needless <laughs> to say, corners were uh, were cut and mistakes were made with this one. Is this a sin against God? They cut a couple corners off his brain. <laughs> <laughs> Synapses not firing. 100%. Oh my percent. Oh my gosh! They spiraled into the Doug spiral perfectly. Where even though each of them has like a single role to play, they still have to do an entire clone an unimpeachable desire to do nothing <laughs> they're like they say we're gonna have him mow the lawn and take out the trash i don't think he could how? possibly function like to maintain yard work i don't i don't know how he could do that what i mean he, he's as, as to, to 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 give more context here we're not just being mean to four as, as as Doug is leaving the garage, four waves goodbye. He says, "Bye, Steve. Good party." <laughs> <laughs> but these jerkoffs. It takes five minutes if I'm being generous. If I'm being uh, completely uh, liberal to take out the garbage, he- it takes an hour if I'm being completely liberal to mow the lawn. And you do it once every like four days, five days. Okay, here's your thing about days. Yeah. Here's here's the thing though. Think about this. If you, let's say you want this is this is the this is the crux of the entire situation. This is the, this yes, is like the, the core of the entire movie. The main problem. Doug is a lazy piece of shit who doesn't want to do anything. So he clones himself so that the clone will do all the stuff. But the clone is still Doug and therefore is a lazy piece of shit and doesn't want to do anything. So they just continue making clones so they don't have to do anything. But the clones are all assholes and so they. Just, <laughs> The clones, to some extent, all still are Doug, which means that they are all still inherently bad. <laughs> Once they finally get the, the second rule of no more Dougs, 
Uh, Doug one says that in the morning he's calling Doctor Scienceski. Yes. Why? What the hell is Leeds gonna do? He's just gonna say, "I'm not getting any more clones." I okay. need to return okay. this clone. <laughs> Take him back. He's yours now. Well, I'm like, what's wrong with him? He shows him the wallet with the pizza in it. Ah, okay. I am saving for the future. This is gonna event. See, the problem is that Doug is treating these clones like pets, and eventually there's gonna be an animal mm-hmm. shelter just full of other dog dogs up for adoption. <laughs> like this dog's great with kids. <laughs> this dog likes pizza. He's kind of funny. Bye, Steve. Bye, Steve. So we go from the uh, from the end of the party and the introduction of four to uh, a one minute long scene that doesn't need to be in the movie at all. Yeah, I'm gonna come and say it. When they go back to the marina and talk to Walt, Walt is the most pointless fucking character in this entire movie. He it's, does not need to exist. It's such a nothing. Like th- this entire scene, all it does is establish that yes, Doug is gonna learn how to sail. I I don't feel bad in saying I don't think this is going to be too controversial. Brian Doyle Murray is one of my favorite bit actors in comedies. Mm. Like even the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob, he had so much personality yeah. and energy to that role. Like Caddyshack, uh, Groundhog's Day. He's here. He's just guy. Yeah, they don't. Boat man. They don't boat have him. Do, they don't have him do anything too funny. Except where he says you make love right on the boat. Yeah. That was pretty good when he says you make love right on the boat. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel that one. Yeah, me neither. But here's the thing. He doesn't need to exist. I know Brian Doyle Murray loves cameos in 80s and 90s comedy movies. You could have shown Doug, like, learning to sail in his free time. You didn't need to establish this character. Yeah, at least you didn't have, need like... to build the, the marina, the sailing subplot. All you had to do was show, like, in that montage where you were showing him, uh, like, do stuff with the kids. or they didn't, they didn't show him waiting in line to get on the bungee jump. Here's what they should have done. They should have had him appear and have the mass of the boat swing around and knock him off and make he makes a funny noise he falls and he goes, gar, gar, gar. and then Doug comes home he's like I think I just inherited a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so after this pointless scene, <laughs> oh you know I thought of a better way to fix it. Mm. Oh, all right when we're doing the bungee jumping, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no like. If we just, like, when he was doing bungee jumping at the Lakers game and whatnot, if we just saw, like, a ten-second clip, like, have Brian Doyle Murray's character there. Just, like, act like he's pointing to things. No audio. Just, like, maybe a little montage music. Just point yeah. at things. Show that he's been shown how to uh, operate a boat. That's all we need. And say that, actually, if he, had, if, if he just shows up in the other scenes, like, hanging out with Doug a bit, like, if he's at the Lakers game with Doug, you can add him in the Lakers game, and then I think you fixed it. Just by doing that, like just oh, yeah. having him in the fixed scene, fi- fixed fixed at least his character not being worth anything. At the very least, then you've shown that they hang out, they have friendship. Yeah, at some point to have him be there, whereas, I, I get that. Whereas currently, where he exists in the movie is the guy that has the marina. Walt invites uh, Michael Keaton and his wife to come along, Mrs. Doug. Yeah, Mrs. Doug to come along as they're going out into international waters, and mm. we can only assume that he wants them there because of the implication. Yeah, oh. yeah. but. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, he does say that we go back, we, we go into the deck, and then you and your wife make love right there on the boat. He so they wouldn't be watching. Yeah, they're yeah. He, they're still there. Everyone else is still <laughs> on the boat, and, and there's they know what's happening. They know, yeah, because they specifically know because they're going out of the way to to let them. Sorry, what was it? Make love right on the boat. Yes, mm. this sailing costs money, right? How, that's a good point. How much money do you think Michael Keaton has spent that he doesn't have? Yeah, How much do the clothes cost? Movie? That's the thing I want to know the most. I would say easily $10,000. I think that'd be a fair... I think that's fair. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. 
these clones have the same lifespans. There's so many questions this movie opens up. I really want a multiplicity I, 2 set, set 10 years after this. There doesn't even have to be a plot. I just wanted to explain everything that happened in the first one. I want, in our finale special, to fully dig into that this fucking nut of what are what? the implications of there being commercially available cloning in this universe and nobody cares. Okay, I like that because we can go into that for about... like I could talk about that for a long time. It's so no, strange. For sure. Yes. For sure. And then we go back to the house and Doug Trio is with Andy McDowell <laughs> and Doug Trio's wearing a stupid fucking purple wiggle sweater. This seems upsetting to me because I want to like it, but it just outstays its welcome like times ten. Yeah, at first, it's, in the first, this there he, Doug Trio goes into like this monologue with Laura. It's, a, it's not like a very clear improv bit. Yeah, you, yeah, it's so obviously improv. The sentences are strung together. There's nothing about it that seems to indicate that he knows where he's going next. He's explaining how to wrap food in aluminum foil. And meatloaf pro- in particular. Meat- meatloaf. Individual particular. slices of meatloaf. And how <laughs> many different conversational topics does he stretch into in that 60-second long monologue? See, at first, it, at first it, it kind of works. He walks over and says, oh, no, this, this, this is too small. Yeah. You have to fold this in half. Let's fold this in half. We'll save it for later. And you want to do a bigger piece. You want to fold it. So you, you want to fold it over so it cuts the air out. You want to cut air is your enemy. You're good. But no, he save this for Christmas. We use the kids will love it. Like when he goes and the kids I, will love it for Christmas rant. This, this it's maddening because it like it yeah it's I nonsense. Could, it's concerning. It, it's so it's so frustrating and nothing in the movie. But I could see a person doing that at least that part of the rant, like the being that erotic. Would be so erotic. Would associate with again though. But then when it gets onto the tuck tuck fold, that's that's for me where it officially goes completely out of the realm of any sort of believability and just I don't want to watch this anymore. The Christmas ornaments. I hate that so much yeah. because I don't even think like domestic Doug would be like a a pack a trash rat like every single piece of aluminum foil I'm going to hang on to on the off chance that I want to make Christmas ornaments out them and then he says he's gonna paint leftover French fries and <laughs> yes. string them around the Christmas tree. That's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, that was so stupid. That one's so stupid it got a giggle out of me because see that that for me worked because it was so dumb. It was just so far beyond making any sense. But that's not what I expect from Doug Trio. I'd, I'd like to go back and call and make a call back to something that I that's said fair. last week that's to Drew. Fair. Drew said there's an implication that Doug Trio is a stereotype of a gay man. And I said, no, that's ridiculous. I think you might be right, Drew. I think they might be in trying to imply... I, I don't think he's... fully that he's a stereotype of gay man, but I think that they co-opted some very stereotypical traits to try and, like, make him shorthand... Feminine. In, in the 90s, if a man was feminine, he was gay. That's just yeah. Those are just the laws. Yeah, you don't mess with the formula, and that's he, he what doesn't seem like he's gay. He seems like that one guy at church, that that, that one guy to go, that everybody has, that everybody knows from from their church. As okay, let's cut that whole bit. I think I get what you're saying though, because I, I we have one. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that we have one too. Like the guy that's like every, that, that everyone is just kind of like maybe, but not no. <laughs> yeah, the guy that's at every church event. And like if if you met him outside of church, you would just assume. But like having him, seeing him there every week with his wife, you're like, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Andy McDowell does a great job of looking like she has no 
fucking idea what's happening. She looks which terrified. very concerned. It's it's pretty. It's it's really impressive how subtly she's able to look like she's losing her mind over uh, Doug Trio giving her a two minute long lecture about how to fold an individual piece of meatloaf with aluminum foil. And it does the tuck tuck fold. It slowly does go for also from like a bewilderment and confusion to like slight war- like fear, like a bit like, are you okay? He's what going, what is it that she's worried about? I. I, I get that that's a concerning rant. He seems to like go on. Like he's completely people. changed. Yeah, seems like he, he seems like he cloned himself. I can't put my finger on what's different about him. I, they're doing such a bad job too. Like how, how do they how do they switch off, Adam? How do they switch off? Like when one of the clone when like when original Doug gets home from from out like fucking off doing whatever the hell he wants away from his family. Laser tag or some shit. Yeah, he's 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 out driving go karts and he comes back home. Dinosaurs. He comes back. He gets back from his just, defensive driving course. <laughs> he, he waves to Doug Trio, and they through, just through the window. He waves and knocks on the window <laughs> with his wife still in the kitchen. Yes, and they, they just very clumsily switch out in different clothes amidst different conversations. They had no plan. He couldn't coordinate a plug into a socket. <laughs> <laughs> they, immediately, Andy McDowell starts grilling him about. Weren't you wearing a different shirt? He tries to play it off and goes, Oh, great dinner, honey. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you cooked it. It's such a great response to that. You cooked it. Yeah, well, you ate it. That <laughs> is verbal nothing. But it's such a good response, though. Is it, though? I don't, I don't believe well, that. Let me he just this. comes back so fast and so confidently. I'll, I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet, I know you don't like it because you don't like anything, Drew. I love monkey. You love monkey. Bring back the monkey. They should clone monkeys. Oh, <gasps> crossover. I have that written for the finale special. Don't you worry. The <laughs> crossover. And uh, the Tuck Tuck fold is pretty inspired because it reminds me of the famous scene from the Star Wars holiday special. Do you know the one, Adam? I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Stew, whip, stew, whip, 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 stew. Tuck, 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 fold, fold, tuck. TTF, TTF, tuck. TTF, tuck, tuck, fold. <laughs> Now we're doing the Tuck Tuck Fold. How have we not made a Texas Tuck joke yet? <laughs> I was looking for a way to insert it, though. Which of the four Dugs do you think is the most likely to pull off the Texas Tuck? Trio? The trio, I think. Hmm? I don't, I don't want to say four. I'm just going to continue nodding and pretending <laughs> I know what the Texas Tuck is. You don't know what the Texas Tuck is? No. Oh, man. Well, for all of you listening right now, uh, the Texas Tuck is where... Drew, you want to go? You want to go through this one? No. <laughs> a Texas tuck is where you tuck your junk up between your legs. Oh, I didn't know it was called Texas tuck. It's originated in Texas. Oh, of course, it originated in Texas. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> it originally it happened when, like you know, Texas they they love riding horses. When your penis and testicles get smashed by the saddle of the horse, you have to tuck them back behind your uh, behind your thighs, and hold them there, so that way you don't get smushed. That's why they call it the Texas tuck. I keep turning the volume down, but we're just peaking on every oh, episode. Okay. Like, every episode we start peaking again. Oh, yeah, we are peaking. Every episode I start peaking again. Hey, you peek all through edging on Dunstan. You leave him alone. Yeah, The that's host fair. is allowed to peek. Okay, okay, I can get behind I that. I can't wait till it's my turn to peek. <laughs> this this is the entire... The, the motto of the podcast is edging on podcast, the host is allowed to peek. I don't know if you guys were uh, listening to the soundtrack during the Tuck Tuck Folds section... No, immediately after when the dugs are switching. Mm. But I swear, whoever did the music for Rugrats must have wrote it because it goes like. Ooh, wah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Thank you, George Fenton. You are an absolutely horrible composer. 
He might very well have written after this, like, the greatest scores of all time. I doubt it, but it's possible, I'm not, so... I'm not going to say that I'm very well-versed in uh, uh, scores, musical composers for films, but I've never heard of George Fenton, and I feel like I would have if he did anything of note. You know, I got the back of the box here. It's actually, it's really interesting. It turns out, much like the script was written by Harold Ramis, like, partially, the score was partially written by John Williams. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the other guy came in and took over and, and took the credit for it. Oh, fuck but you. If, actually, I was reading the back of the box. It does say here that they did get an Emmy for the soundtrack. Does it? No. Of course <laughs> not. Fucking liar. I knew it. Yeah, it, it's, an audio, it's an audio medium, so when you're giving us that, that shitty new grin, they don't know. <laughs> I freaking... Let me talk about Disneyland and... Ugh. They're just it, it, it is frustrating because they're so they you can tell they don't communicate to each other at all. There's three independent people who are trying to live four four now independent <laughs> people trying to live one person's life. Like they, she, the, uh, Laura's in bed. Like, well, Doug, what do you think about what we were talking about? What do you mean we were talking about? What, do, you know the thing we were talking about. Oh, the day. thing. Oh, I don't know. My clone didn't tell me we were talking about. We were having a very important conversation. Oh, all day. Before we get too deep into this, I just like to point out that I called this scene like from ep- since episode two. I called there was going to be a shenanigans fest where <laughs> there's a revolving door of Michael Keaton's. And we talk about the movies. That's the a shenanigans movie. fest. The whole the movie is, is no, a shenanigans. No, 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 no. Fest. Like the specific, as as the, the singular <laughs> specific shenanigan where uh, there's a revolving door of Michael Keaton's, and uh, the, the person he's in contact with is like, "Huh, I thought you were wearing something different. Now let's talk about what we're talking about. Oh, what's that? Oh, uh-huh. and then you know, I called that. Just <laughs> wanted to. It's nothing like ingenious, but let spare his ego. Yeah, he got it, Adam. Yeah, that's oh, a good one. You piece of shit. I hate both of you. <laughs> I love you. I hate Sam a little less, but I hate you most. Yes! But I really... But I really love Andy Vidal. Andy Vidal is That's okay, man. <laughs> he hates me. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Drew's getting a little emotional here. Uh, he did he meet Andy McDowell in person one time, but he got really nervous and he puked on her. My and brother she said he hates me. And she didn't. She didn't sign his copy of Multiplicity on DVD. He came with a with a picture of her in her nightgown from this ten minute chunk, yeah. and she refused to sign it. Okay, uh, I don't really like how Andy McDowell is clearly speaking in in riddles, in generalities. Yeah, she's she's like that thing you know that we were talking about earlier. Normal people would, conversation okay. is. Have you given any more thought about you know Disneyland? I don't know. In this case, it's such a. It's implied that they were talking about it a lot. It's it's implied that they were discussing it somewhat somewhat intensely. So I, I feel like it's fair for her to be like, "Well, did you come to a decision on it?" Like yeah. for her, for an adult to refer to this particular thing as that thing, you would almost infer like, okay, there'd be cool. like children around, and they didn't want to like. But they're alone in their bedroom. There is no call for it. If they were like in. The room with their children, and they didn't want to stay in Disney World because those fucking not obnoxious <laughs> kids would freak out. That would be a great scene if they're just having dinner. You know, the kids are being minorly minorly annoying, and it was like, "Have you given thought about that thing?" And yeah. Michael Keaton's on the spot, like, mm, "I don't know. What do you think about that thing?" She's like, "Dis," and they're like, "Disney World." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Disney World. I'm gonna go to Disney World. I want to see all four Dugs on Dumbo's. Uh, the same Dumbo too. It's not. I. I, 
See the problem with this, this. The problem with this podcast format. I'm going to go ahead and criticize our own show here really quick. The it's problem the with this podcast is problem. that we only watch problematic movie, movies from the late 1990s, which makes us look like bad people because the movies are bad. <laughs> we didn't want to go into Dunstan and just make like pedophile jokes the whole time. But if you watch Dunstan, they're going to be forming in your mind. And we're trying to give you people an experience, a, a taste of what these movies are we like. Are, we are sharing with you our impressions of these movies. But unfortunately, the impressions these movies give off are really dated. <laughs> and, and I don't think they're going to get better. I think the next one we're doing is probably going to be about the same pedigree. <laughs> I don't think so. I love you guys. I love you guys too. Same. Okay, Adam, how multiplicity going in? What are we gonna happen next? What are we gonna happen what next? Gonna happen? I think we're gonna happen. We're gonna have. I'll, I'll, shit. I'll give you a hint. I know what you're thinking, but Laura does not leave Doug for four. You said four four. Yeah. As in, you were trying to specifically uh, communicate four to me. four or forty four. We'll never know. Well, you did vocalize it, so. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means, but I'm just going to go with business as usual. Prediction. What? Bring out your crystal ball and predict the face of the Michaels. It's time for a prediction. So I think what's going to happen is about the only thing that can happen at this point, Laura is going to meet up with either Doug Trio or Double D, and she is going to form a connection with them, not realizing it's not Doug. And then there's going to be a point later on where she has to choose. She's going to obviously figure out there's clones. And she's going to be like, you know the scene in every movie where there's been like a clone incident? I really hope to God there's a scene where like all four of the Michael Keatons are lined up and Dow has a gun. And they're all like, they're all like Laura, it's me. Laura, Laura. You know me. Do you remember? It's me, Steve. She obviously shoots four first because he's... And the camera pans were one more. No, I'm the real Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Damn, this is a great movie. Oh, man. <laughs> this this 10-minute chunk made me as, so happy to watch this movie. <laughs> as the box says, it's funny, 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 with one more exclamation point every time, just to further drive the point home. Well, that's okay, Adam, because you know how uh, and a you know snowball... You can, and you know you can trust that, because popping. Neil Rosen from the New York, from NY1 said that. <laughs> so, Adam, you the know how... Guy. The famous guy, Neil Rosen. From the famous pub publication, NY1. NY1. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh that goodness. box is just full of wonders. Yeah, there is. If you could pick up a DVD copy of this movie, just marvel at the box. Don't give this movie the joy of being played. You can tell the person who designed this box hated this movie. Yeah. That we'll is the get... laziest thing. They just copied and pasted Michael Keaton, the same Michael Keaton. Oh, I love over and over. Can, can it's, we, it's a fun. Can see. we keep the rest of the box for the finale special though? Because I think that genuinely be a lovely send off. Can yeah, we it's, it's what? the rest oh, of the yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some fun little surprises on their box. Get some stuff inside too. Now, Adam, you know how a snowball falls down a mountain in an avalanche and it slowly gets bigger and bigger and gets more momentum? Yes. Uh, Multiplicity does the opposite, so enjoy this last uh, good ten minutes. Really? Oh, it just goes downhill from here? Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. I was starting, I was really starting to enjoy well, this movie. Okay. Well, it goes downhill, but it gets bad. But I think it gets bad in a way that's funny to make fun does of. Does it, like, go sideways? Mm, I would argue that it just stops 
Imagine if the avalanche is coming toward the village and then just stops and then just settles. You'd be like, oh, thank goodness, but what a ripoff. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I find it so weird. It's, I find it interesting. Okay. So I, I want to spend some more time talking about how terrible the, the, the ending, <laughs> the, the, the way the graphic movie up is. All right. Any yeah, I think, we only have, I think we only have, what, two more parts left? Uh, three, Something if like I that. recall. Oh, 117 and then, minutes. And then the finale. Oh, 117 minutes. Somehow. Holy shit. But, uh, yeah, this has been another episode of Edging On, Edging On, Edging On Multiplicity. Uh, our favorite podcast. <laughs> Your favorite podcast. Michael uh, Keaton's favorite podcast. Michael Keaton is an avid listener of the podcast. I've been texting back and forth with him every day. We're going to watch a movie sometime this week. I hope it goes well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to the show. I've been Sam. I've been Adam. And I've been Drew. And we'll see you again next week when we watch Minutes 70 to 80. And this um, is us reminding you to nuke my corn dog. This is us reminding you that you can get pregnant from pre-com. Edging on. Edging on. Edging on. That was Edging on Multiplicity, a podcast where three brainless clones discuss multiplicity ten minutes at a time. You can email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Edging On is a podcast by Sam featuring Adam and Drew. Music is done by Sam and edited by Adam.